everyone, this is Izzy, the founder of the blog and YouTube channel, A Girl's Two Sound Sense. You are currently listening to Sounding Out, the podcast where I speak to friends, from musicians to producers to zine makers and promoters, about their experiences as women and queer femme people in the music industry. As always, please don't forget to give the podcast a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It would be super helpful to help more people hear the podcast, and it will also get me recommended on streaming platforms. Today, you will hear my conversation with Cassie Carlson, the high-energy and dynamic frontwoman of freakazoid synth-pop art-rock noise band Gorillatoss. We talk about Gorillatoss' upcoming album, Famously Alive, their brightest release yet, combining art rock with vibrant pop hooks and abrasive sonic freakouts, maintaining their raucous roots while tackling serious real-life issues including substance abuse, pandemic isolation, and treating the body as a sanctuary rather than a prison. Cassie and I talk about our favorite post-punk deep cuts of yesteryear, her anticipation for her long-awaited return to live shows, navigating the touring world as a woman who often reluctantly has to travel in packs of men, and much more. But before we get into this episode, I would like to remind my listeners that I am paying for the podcast out of pocket, so if you would like to help me make more episodes and maybe help buy me a coffee, then head on over to my Patreon for unedited episodes of the podcast and more chill conversations with guests outside of the interview process. Those who join my Patreon will get access to patron-only video essays and exclusive voting power for future artists that I cover on my YouTube channel as well. So head on over to patreon.com slash girls2soundsense, that's girl with three R's, to subscribe, and without further ado, let's get right into this episode. How are you today? I'm good. Um, I kind of woke up late and uh, yeah, I'm about to get started uh, practicing for the tour uh, right after this call. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm pretty chill. Yeah. What, um, how many, uh, stops are you going to make on this upcoming tour? I think it's like 21 or 22. And it's, uh, U.S.? Yeah, just the East Coast. Um, the furthest west we're going, I think, is like Chicago. Um, and we're going down to like, uh, D.C., that I guess is the furthest south. Um, but yeah, it'll be nice to be back. It's been like two years or something since we've been able to tour. So it's kind of like weird. Um, I spent, we had like a warm, like spring day the other day, um, upstate and, um, I like cleaned out the tour van and found like all these like old relics from like touring like two years ago, <laughs> like old, like clothing and like stuff, old dog food, you know, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> like old snacks. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> Is uh, the dog um, in question still around? Oh, yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah, he comes on tour. What kind of dog? He's a chow chow. Oh. Yeah. Have you ever seen one of those? Oh, I can hear. Uh, was that was that the dog just now? No, no. Oh. No, I think it's the dryer. Oh. 
the dryer barked. <laughs> yeah, he's outside, like, guarding right now with the cat. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, um, I'm excited to be talking to you because I've been following your band for a bit. Sweet. And you started playing in bands in your 20s, but you've been singing since you were like four or five, right? Yeah, my family had like a kind of like a group, I guess. And I was like, they were like super religious and we, we sang in church and stuff like that. But I've also been playing violin since I was like around that age too. Um, so that's kind of where like my music started off. Um, also, my brother... Um, he's a lot older than me, but he was in like kind of like nineties rock and hardcore bands and stuff like that. And I always admired that. Um, but in high school, I wasn't really in any like rock bands. I kind of was like on the sidelines, like, like I was like at every band practice, but I was never like participating for some reason. Um, you know, I could be like, no one invited me, but you know, it just didn't happen, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, as I got older, I I started to be in bands and it it just kind of clicked and, just felt like exactly like what I was supposed to do. Um, and uh, I haven't been the same since, <laughs> you know, um, it's just kind of like performing live is like awesome. And so it's like, kind of like it's therapeutic. Um, it's also like a great release. Um, and it's also fun, you know, <laughs> it's cool. Like being able to like, pre- like present poetry in like a unique way you know yeah definitely when did you realize that uh performing uh was something that you wanted to keep doing um well I mean I guess when I started to be in like rock bands and stuff like that I performed as a violinist a lot I didn't like performing in church obviously (laughs) um and I was like very shy and quiet um but I I don't know. I liked, I liked, you know, being in heavier bands. I liked performing with my violin and rock bands. And, um, I just like, it was like a, a different way to like interact with people. Like, uh, it felt like a, believe it or not, like a less stressful way to like interact with people and kind of like present, um, my feelings than like, just kind of like straight up, like talking to someone if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and that kind of like, the realness and like the meditation of like, you know, when you're singing, you're like feeling like the the vibrations in your mouth and your body and like in your ears, same with the violin, you know, you're feeling it like the vibrations in your fingers. And it's just like, it's like a super meditative thing um, performing. And um, I just like, yeah, I just don't know where I'd be without it. Um, but yeah, it'll be fun to kind of be in front of people again. It is a little scary because like I haven't done it in a while, but um, you know, I think I think it's good. When was the last time you did it? Was it before like, the pandemic? Yeah, like two years ago. I think it was like um we did a couple shows with uh Rebel Bucket, you know that band? No, I have not heard of them, but that's a good but I love that name. They're so sick. Seriously, like Kalmina is like she's like the best <laughs> like even in her side project two cowbells you should look that up yeah but that was a really um great little like new year's uh, short tour they have like a trumpeter um and like electronic stuff and it's just like super high energy and 
yeah, it's good stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. How do you feel that you've been able to, uh, I guess, maintain that sort of work on yourself where you're able to get into these meditative states uh, when performing was taken away from you? Um, well, as far as performance goes, I, I have like a radio show in the Catskills that I started during the pandemic, which was kind of like, uh, kind of like, you know, they let me do whatever I want, play whatever I want, you know? And I felt like it was like during wartime, I was like, Hey guys, like, hope everyone's doing okay. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just kind of like being able to talk about music and rediscover my love for like finding new music because I feel like that was always like an integral part of like my personality was like I was like the person who always had headphones on and like uh you know I I was the one who like knew all the cool music like I just like knew the new music you know like that was like my way of like interacting with people and my friends um but we I feel like I kind of lost touch with that and I was kind of like listening to the same thing over and over again. And, um, but also that radio show kind of helped me create in a way that like I was listening to new music and, um, uh, hearing new voices. Um, yeah. And, uh, I guess other things that I did was I started to get into like Pilates and like stretching, like by watching like YouTube videos and stuff like that. And, um, started like walking and running too but uh yeah I kind of feel like everything can be a meditation like even like looking at like a plant or like a flower or like petting your dog like as long as you like do it with like some sort of attention and like forgive yourself if you get distracted you know um uh but it was nice uh to kind of have that like sub pop uh support uh during the pandemic because you know march 2020 i guess it was when everything like hit and like basketball got canceled um that was kind of like the moment where i was like oh fuck like i forgot like how much like touring had enough like you know weaved through my life and like brought my life intention you know um uh and i feel like a lot of musicians felt that way yeah yeah when you and i understand that this album is the mark of a really new chapter for you um and what do you feel like um i guess do you want to tell me a little bit about this new stage that led to the genesis of this album everything was so dark with Trump and all the social issues that was going on and like, just like COVID and like everyone's lives, like feeling so like turned upside down. I felt like, I don't know. I, I had this need to create something with like more purpose. You know, I, I was so down like at first that like, I was like, shit. Well, well, first of all, like I used to have a heroin problem um and uh yeah I just like I felt like I needed to like be positive so I didn't get like down deep in that kind of depression again um so 
yeah, I was just trying to improve myself, like go to therapy a lot. I did a lot of like video therapy with like better help and like uh, cerebral and stuff like that, um, which is kind of nerdy, but like it's, it was just like, it is kind of cool that like that kind of accessibility is there now and it wasn't always there. Like the like access to therapy, um, you know, they had all those like discounts like during the pandemic and stuff like that. But like the, you know, you didn't have to like wait like six weeks to like meet with somebody. You could just like do it like in a couple of days or something like that. And um, yeah, so I did that. And I also took vocal lessons with trying to like learn something new and try to, you know, keep my brain occupied that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was just trying to stay positive and help other people stay positive too, in a way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you ever feel like, what What do you feel like is a good solution um, for when you find yourself getting stuck in that mental headspace again, um, where you're just really down on yourself and need to pick me up? I don't know. You just got to keep, you just got to get moving, you know? Because, like, just sitting down is, like, not going to help. Like, get up, like, go outside. And I was, like, I was feeling so fucked, like, during the pandemic that there were times where I would just, like, get out of my house and just go around and, like, dance in the snow and, like, listen to music. Because it was just, like, it was so crazy. You know, everything that was going on with Trump and, like, the negativity and, like, Mm. school shootings and like oh it's just like one after another no no it's still happening i mean this entire generation is like experiencing like massive collective sadness and like existentialism you know and we got to get through this as like a as a generation um so like i didn't like intend for this album to really to be like super positive but just kind of like came out that way because it just seemed like that's what was needed you know yeah that's really I feel like a lot of people don't realize that anxiety is is a physiological thing that and usually normally like your brain just needs to I I, just to to recoup in a way like so by going for a run or walking the dog or totally yeah yeah. even just just dancing in place or doing some sort of like repetitive thing like like my grandmother used to always have me twiddle my thumbs (laughs) which I still do to this day (laughs) you know just like releasing that energy yeah um And I also understand that the band has gone through uh, many different iterations over the years. Just like, you know, like the the reality, like the difficulty of being in a band and like feeling the drive to like do something so much, like having it be like so important to your life and your well-being, but it's like not exactly like sustainable, like as a human being to like be like that hardcore about something that like doesn't really make that much money (laughs) you know and if you don't come from money which I don't then it's like it's like really tough to like justify you know 
so like that i guess that's why we've had a lot of turnover it's like it's like it's hard to tour in like a minivan for like year after year after year you know it's great it's awesome you like get to see all these cool places but it's definitely it's definitely hard you know and i think like as touring musicians we kind of like need to like be aware of that and like kind of figure out like our own like self-care like ritual and make sure we're like eating healthy and like getting enough sleep like getting enough sleep is so important it's like so overlooked um or like i'm a vegetarian and like it's like you know like i guess options have gotten better over the years but like it's like you know gas station food isn't the best or like you know anything quick um so yeah i guess that's why we've had a lot of turnover but i mean there's no real bad blood between any uh, like past members you know it's just like it's just like people have their own like path you know and their own like goals in life and that's like totally chill you know (laughs) um but uh yeah, I think we've got a really solid group now. And it's always been, you know, the core members, um, Ariane and Peter and I, um, you know, and Sam plays keyboards. He's been with us for a while. He's so funny, you know, <laughs> and it's just kind of like that, like, they feel like they're like my brothers, you know, just like my, we have like, you know, unspoken, like, you know, languages and like looks that we like give each other, you know. You get really close to people that you've like been on tour for so long and like seen all this crazy shit like all over the country. <laughs> yeah. And when you are on the road uh, for that long, it feels like I bet it feels like you have to be each other's support system. Absolutely. Like we got to look out for each other. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's like we're all playing our heart out like every night, you know. <laughs> We're all bearing it all. We're all sleeping in the same room, you know. <laughs> We're all eating the same like meals together, so it becomes kind of like a family. So I'm happy to kind of like rejoin, um, get the family back together, you know, so to speak. <laughs> mm, I bet. Yeah, you kind of like choose your own family, you know. So yeah, that's what it feels like. Absolutely, yeah. What do, what do you feel like the collaborative process for songwriting is like between each of you guys? Does it ha- do you feel like it's a, it evolves from song to song or project to project or is it more um uh do you have like more of a comfortable sort of ritual that um you go through with each project? Um I guess I've always been like pretty anxious about songwriting and I like tend to do a lot of it like in my room, like alone, you know, and that might mean like sometimes I sit down and I write a part and like it just all comes out right away. And sometimes it's like, it's like a whole day or days of like, just like kind of like sitting there, just like sitting around hoping like something arrives, you know, it's, it's not always easy. Um, I think I liked that quote by St. Vincent where she's like, you know, writing a song is like waiting for a train. Like sometimes you have to wait like all day. It's so true. (laughs) Sometimes longer, you know? So yeah. And uh, it's also like, you know, where am I going to get inspiration for this song? You know, is it something that's like happening now? Like, is it like, someone who I loved who I lost or is it like 
something that happened to me in my childhood or is it something that happened to my grandmother in her childhood or like something I did in high school or happened to me in high school. Um, so it's like kind of like navigating and like revisiting like stuff and like looking at it in a different light. Like that's kind of how like the lyrics happen, you know, and like finding words that go to each other. Or, so I, something I did like this album, which I guess I hadn't done for a while was like kind of like look at writing prompts and um you know finding the right one that I like felt like writing about and I filled up like notebooks and notebooks like for this album like there's just like so much stuff that I was like just like trying to process and like um put together and like also the radio show just like making lists and lists and lists of bands that I liked and the radio show was kind of like mostly like rare artists like rare seven inches that i found on youtube and stuff like that it's primarily like trans and female artists um, um i did a lot of beverly glenn copeland i like really like her a lot do you know her oh glenn check it out copeland? yeah beverly glenn Clo- copeland beverly glenn mm-hmm. copeland yeah Bye. listen to it after yeah um and i did a lot of like riot girl and like even before Riot Girl in like uh, 80s female, like weird hyper pop um, type of thing, and uh, B52s or Chandra. Um, oh, so, yeah. Chandra. Chandra is super weird. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like stemmed out of that, like kind of no wave, like talking forever, like really long songs with like, but they're awesome, you know? Um, they yeah, are. I like Tom Tom Club, The Slits. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like obscure shit. Yeah, it's just going down like endless rabbit holes. So like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Japanese groups that are like super sick that like you can only find on YouTube. They're not on Spotify. Um, yeah, probably downloaded a lot of illegal music on SoulSeek. Um, band camp, you know, binges, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that kept me going, like stuff like that, and uh, so yeah, it's I guess it's kind of research, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are some uh, artists that you found in that process that you would love to shout out, like the ones that might not be super accessible? Hmm. Can I look on my computer? Really or quick? might be newer. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I guess I, I can't. Hold on. Um, I guess what one of the more recent like uh, playlisting thing I've been looking at is actually on Spotify. But uh, it's like this. I don't know who they are, but like this group, it's called the Numero Group. They kind of uh, make these playlists on Spotify. And one of them is Basement Beehive. It's like ponytail pop from the 1960s. Ooh. Like kind of like girl group uh, stuff. Um, they also have a great one, Ladies from the Canyon. Um, uh, the Modettes. Uh, the Tammies. Uh, that song, Egyptian Shumba. Um, of course, La Tigra. Lots of Lizzie Mercier, the clue. Mm. Yeah. Um, Heavenly, um, who did a lot with uh, Calvin Johnson, who was also on Sub Pop, Stereo yeah. Lab, 
course, um, the raincoats, psychic TV, priests. I love priests from DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're a band anymore, but they're awesome. Um, yeah, we actually did like a, a, a sub pop takeover playlist of like all our, uh, influence like, like some of them for the record um it ended up being like 33 hours long <laughs> uh but uh maximum joy was another one. Oh, so sick i love Amazing. maximum joy you know them yes that's I so love, sick i love that 12 inch maybe stretch yes. yes yeah so fucking sick yes yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I guess Sada Bonaire, I really liked too. Mm, yes, I love them. Um, oh, Rupa. I love Rupa. Disco jazz. Disco jazz. Ooh. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was all like super fun. Nice. And I feel like uh, this new stuff i even some of your other things like are very sort of an amalgamation of so many different uh styles like there's noise and then there's synth pop in there and other great things so like you reading off this uh whole list of influences it's just so many different amazing uh like uh gems that i feel like i definitely hear in there for like sure. pylon do you know pylon i love pylon i actually i think oh, I, so I think gyrate was my most played song of this past month i know they're so good we actually played with them like a couple of years ago in atlanta nice and the singer i forget her name but like she was so on point and even the guitar tone was like totally like it was like it sounded exactly like the gyrate album i was like on the verge of tears it was so good (laughs) that sounds so cool yeah (laughs) i just Um, you know who i just discovered uh the band thunder pussy from seattle whoa do do you know them? I don't think so. They're like uh they were recommended to me by Eva from the Black Tones cuz she opened for them a while back. Oh. But they're like a blues rock sort of quartet of women who are oh my god. Like oh my I god. I can't wait. Okay. I highly, yeah, highly uh, strong recommend. And also, um, the lead singer and the lead guitarist, um, started the band after they had started dating. And it's like, um, they have this one song called Speed Queen, which is like, it's kind of like, um, if the, like, the Hammer of Thor gods from Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song were all women. And it's, whoa, incredible. They, they really amazing. They really live up to their name. I also wanted to ask you about um, some of the revelations that you have when you're writing songs, because you mentioned that you looked at writing prompts um, and what what sort of um, things 
do you feel like these methods are able to teach you about yourself when you're in the process of uh, structuring a song and then sort of writing down the content? Well, I felt like I was kind of like gravitating towards like kind of like existential, like writing prompts and trying to like process like kind of what I was feeling in this like kind of isolation and why I feel so like isolated, like in life. And like, you know, um, I guess one thing I kind of wanted to talk about was like realizing like a lot of my isolation comes from like not having a lot of female friends and like how I kind of like want to try to like work on that. And um, I guess that kind of, kind of comes from like being attracted to women, like, and like not really wanting them to like find out or like be like (laughs) freaked out. (laughs) And granted, I'm not attracted to every woman, obviously, but like, just kind of like, it is important. I feel like as a woman to have other female friends and I kind of like need to like unpack that and like work on that, you know? Um, so like writing about isolation and like existentialism and like, you know, delving into my past a little bit more for this record kind of like brought that to light. Um, so I wanted to mention that, um, but yeah, the writing prompt thing is like totally effective. Like if you're stuck and you like want to write a song, you know, like maybe some like beats or some days, like you feel like particularly inspired, but it's like you shouldn't get down on yourself for like not feeling inspired every single day, you know? And like that kind of like, especially today, like where there's like so much music and there's like so much like information, like in content, like being like forced at you and like being presented like constantly. And like, you're like, I got to stay like on top. Like I got to stay focused and I got to like, you know, do the social thing. Like every single day, it's like, that's not true. You know, it's not true. And like, I think a lot of people realize that during the pandemic, like they're like, I can't be social right now because like mm-hmm. everything's closed, you know? And so like, I'm stuck with myself and like, you know, you got to learn to be like comfortable with yourself. If you're going to be stuck with yourself and like comfortable in your own body, you know, even though you like art, you know, it's like learning to feel like comfortable in your own body and, um, being alone and not being social all the time and like being okay with not being like on point all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that, you know? And then when you aren't, when you don't feel like you're living up to your highest, highest standards, you're like, oh, well, shit, is that, is there something wrong? Does this mean there's, there's something, a, wrong, something with wrong with me? Yeah. Or is it like, yeah. Yeah. And you it's feel like, like yeah. yeah, you're a writer. So like, you know, I'm sure there's days where you like, you know, I have, I have to, I have a deadline or some sort of like, whether it's a real or imposed deadline, mm-hmm. you're like, I have to do this, but like, why can't I get it done? And yeah, yeah. It's just like finding that forgiveness for yourself, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it's important to, yeah. Cause I feel like I was talking to um, Nat from Left at London a few months ago, and one of the things she said was that she feels like a lot of us indulge as opposed to engage in Mm self-care. And totally. That really made me think for a minute, like, oh, shit, have I just been indulging this whole time or have I been taking care of myself? Like, right. 
it really, yeah. And like, I feel it's like good. you want to indulge and like, you know, I deserve this cookie. Well, for sure. Like you should eat cookies, but, but like also like what else are you doing to like care for yourself? Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like that there's a lot of nuance in that too. Like it's like, of course there's a very fine line between like, and, and, and it's important to like find that balance as well. Yeah. Like the other side of the coin, like, you know, I should eat healthy, but like, I don't want to be restrictive, you know? So like, that's another, the, a whole other part of it. <laughs> so like finding that, that balance. Yeah. Or like, I should take the night off, you know, from like socializing or am I isolating, you know? Um, but I think, you know, the pandemic is like helped us like communicate in other ways too, not just like face to face, like, you know, like I'm like FaceTiming my friends or like, you know, I end up like talking to people at the grocery store, like, <laughs> like I never would have done that, you know, but I like, I feel like, especially in the height of the, the pandemic where I had to go to the grocery store and I'd see like older people there, you know, I like go out of my way to say hi to them because like, you know, my grandparents kind of raised me and I like, I know that like, you know, you're, you're getting older, like your friends are dying, like you're feeling it like that age and like, you know, just saying hi or like holding the door like something like that like I don't know I felt like a lot of people were kind of like going out of their way to like do like small acts of kindness yeah yeah and maybe we should do that all the time right yeah (laughs) I feel like the more we do acts of kindness or engage in these altruistic sort of um relationships with other people even if it's small things like just holding the door or saying, hello, you look nice today. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. That it makes us, I feel like that helps like improve our own like well being as well as individuals. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I remember there was this like man, I don't even know his name, but I, like every day he would be like walking like on my street. I kind of like live like in the woods like up this like dirt road but every time I drive down my driveway he was always like walking like really fast and he looked like he was like on a mission you know he's like some old guy and like so I started like waving to him because I was like I see him like every day you know and like (laughs) I wasn't having much like human interaction face to face but like that little thing kind of like helped me like get out of like isolation Mm. yeah Yeah, for sure. Because people isolate not only because of the pandemic, but also because of depression and anxiety and like feeling existential or feeling different, you know? And um, I think, I think we got to apply that as the pandemic wanes, hopefully, fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. uh, We got to like continue that kind of like uh, communication and kindness. Yeah. And hopefully people won't just drop everything and like, and go back to business as usual. Like if that ever does, if that day ever does come, you know, and, and people what's, it's really disheartening to see that as soon as the first rollout of vaccines happened, people had already started doing that. Just like, Oh, well, it's over now. Business as usual. Gonna, (laughs) Yeah. I know. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, it's a very like polarizing like issue. Um, like I, I manage a bar like up here, like a, a brewery. Um, so like, it's like the, the, 
the rules are like so constantly changing. And like, I understand the science is constantly changing, but it like, it puts a lot of like stress on like small business owners and bands. Like I keep having stress dreams about like having to work the merch table, like during the pandemic and like, nobody's wearing a mask and there's like some gross sweaty guy, like trying to like say something like in my ear and like hug me and I don't want to be touched. Mm. No. And it's just like, you know, like, and like, or like, they're like talking and they're like wasted and they're like spitting on me. Like those, those are like, you know, like those are the parts of tour that I'm like not really looking forward to, but I hope like everyone's like respectful, you know? So, yeah. To go back to what you said earlier about the whole um, thing about how you don't often get to interact or um, just like, wanting to work on like female friendships and stuff like that. I was reading, um, okay. My listeners are going to be so mad. Like, like take a drink. Every time I mention this book, have you read meet me in the bathroom? (laughs) No. (laughs) The DFA thing, the LCD sound system thing. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. It's basically, um, an oral history of late nineties to early two thousands indie sleaze in the NYC scene. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I am, I know of it. Yeah. I am holding a grudge because I was with AFA for a long time and I feel like it wasn't the greatest. I mean, I love them, but it wasn't like the best label. Um, mm. and also I just feel like I've heard those whispers about DFA before, by the way, <laughs> if you're going to hold a grudge, hold a grudge. <laughs> I'm but, allowed. I'm allowed to have them. Yeah. <laughs> and I also feel like I like LCD, but I'm not like a diehard LCD fan. Like I feel like. Right. Right. Well, the reason why I mentioned the book is because Karen O um, had said something very similar in her pa- in the passages where she does get to speak in that book, where she said that it's great that she has her community, um, like her band and they're, we're all family and I love them and everything. And they're the best. They're, they're rocking, they're great human beings, but at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're still dudes and that can be hard yeah. at times because they're, they're not fellow women. I don't have many fellow women that I can really, um, confide in, in this type of scene. And, when and when 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 and looking at it it's like i can't imagine being in her position coming up in that sort of i environment where everybody around you is a dude like that's got to be so like that was like how it was when gorilla toss started out and the band i was in before western syndrome which is like kind of like a more heavy like harsh like a hardcore and you know I remember in high school, like going to shows, like with my girlfriend and it was just like, um, but like in, on Cape Cod where I'm from and it was like, all like the boom, 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 like smashing. And she got punched in the face and she like lost her teeth. It was like all this like serious, like aggression that like now looking back at it, I was like, whoa, that's like, you know, people were like, oh, this is so raw and like real, but it, it, it's also like it's also like scary, you know, it's like, especially, you know, I myself, like both of us at the time, both me and her had grown up in like, you know, uh, physical households, you know, abusive houses, uh, where women were getting hurt, 
you know. Um, but yeah, beginning of Gorilla Toss, it was like we would never play with there was like just no female bands. Like if we wanted to play with, you know, people other than male bands, you know, but there was just none. Uh I always like joke about this one interview that I had where um the guy was like he asked me this question, he was like, How does it feel that when you're performing every guy in the audience has a boner. Okay. That's giving me like, that's giving me like, remember, remember when Esty Hyam was asked in that, in that one interview, do you make those base faces in bed? Like, did, did, did you hear about that? <laughs> she, it's like so disturbing. Some guy said that to her face, like that. How psychotic is that? Oh my God. <laughs> People are, evil <laughs> like, I was like I gotta go uh I'm a head out <laughs> yeah I'm a head out. um but as far as like uh memoirs like uh books if we're talking about books have you read uh Viv Albertine's uh close 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 music 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 boys 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 I love Viv Albertine and that book is still on my list but I did read um but I know that she talks about how um, the fact that just the, just her presence alone was threatening to these men. Yeah. Confusing. Yeah. 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 I like that book. I also like to throw away unopened. It's like less about like fan stuff, but it's like, it's about like mom stuff where like, you know, having a mom that's like kind of a little bit borderline maybe. And, and just like, kind of like how to deal with like loving, but also like drawing, making boundaries and like stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I really like her. I like her music and her, you know, performance stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other books um, I can suggest. Let me head over to the bookcase. <laughs> Oh, this one was really cool too. That I still need to read. I but I I'm obsessed with Alice Bag. She's the best. <laughs> She's that rad. This one is also good. I got this from Rough Trade in London. Ooh, nice. Not a female kind of. <laughs> Crowd rock wasn't exactly a female uh, thing. Not many females in Crowd rock, but there's a few. Nice. Couple ball. Uh, Who are so, some yeah. of those groups? Because I'll definitely because I'm I'm a crowd head. I would definitely love to check them out. Uh, Faust, Noi, uh, Cluster, Ashra Temple, Amandul, Can, Craftwork. Can is like getting popular again. It's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I, I heard a Can song in one of the Euphoria episodes. Oh wow! Wait, wait, which yeah. episode? I don't know which episode, um, but yeah, they they were definitely playing it, and I was like, "Whoa, sick!" Yeah. Nice. What are your thoughts on this season? By the way, have you caught up on the recent? Um... Oh God! To be honest, I was like, I was like feeling a little triggered by it because of like uh, the like hair the addiction type of thing. Um, but I do want to watch it and I was feeling triggered because it felt so real, like kind of like the, 
um, just kind of like that, like the rage of like in the defiance and like the insistency that there's nothing wrong, like that kind of like, yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it it was just really sad um, for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, speaking of, oh, also speaking of, have you read a Vivian Goldman's book, Revenge of the She-Punks? No, but I love Vivian Goldman. I just, I just got, yeah, I just got the book the other day, um, grabbed it and I'm thoroughly looking forward to reading it. Cause yeah, she's, she's fantastic. But. Yeah. <laughs> oh, girls to the front is another good one too. That is another good one. Yeah. Yeah. If you're comfortable with me asking about this, I read in another interview that you did that um, you commented on the certain gender dynamics in the business of, um, local, like just people who book shows and stuff like that, where you would see that you were the only band on the bill that had a woman in it and thought, okay, well, am I being, am I just here? Cause we're, are we just here? Cause I'm the token woman or do you like the music? Like, and I, yeah, feel like. Yeah, I definitely felt that like an early, early GT because it was like, I mean, it was like it, early GT was super raw and like harsh and like I was really pissed off. You know, I was like really, really pissed off and uh, just like yelling and like it's just such fucking crazy ass music. But yeah, it did feel kind of like tokenization. I mean, it doesn't now because there's like lots of bands with females in it. Um, but even to this day, I still get like weird, weird vibey stuff like from like sound people, mm. you know, that like think that I don't like know what I'm doing. And I'm like, <laughs> mm. uh, or like it was, I think last tour there was like a sound person who was like, you know, I've never been attracted to someone that I mixed before. And I was like, that is so fucking weird to say. <laughs> like, ew. <laughs> so in other words, you've never was seen like, a woman come to like, you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, weird shit. Weird shit. I feel like comfortable like saying aloud. It's kind of like interesting. Yeah. <laughs> It's so ridiculous. Like I, I read about the history of Lilith Fair and a lot of the female musicians who helped get that started would have the same experience where they'd go, um, they'd want to get another um, woman on the bill at shows they were playing, or they'd want to get um, yeah. played on the radio and be, be like, "Sorry, we we already have one fee, our one female that we're allowed at one time." <laughs> That's your allotment. Shit, shit might get yeah. crazy otherwise. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I watched the new Woodstock documentary recently. It was fucking horrible. Mm. It's yeah. Very dark. Oh yeah, definitely. Did you watch it? I can only imagine. Um, yeah. But you ju- well, just just hearing the word Woodstock triggered me. So I, I so I can already. I'm already picturing like just the just like the 90s of awfulness. Yeah, the 90s Woodstock like yeah. was like really really fucked. Uh, but yeah, they had like three 
three female artists, one in each day. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was awful. Like people got assaulted, and like the promoter was like, "Well, they shouldn't have been naked." You know, it's like <laughs> stuff like that. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. I I recently did a lot of reading into um, the history of Mishfest. Do you know about Mishfest? No. The Michigan Women's Music Festival. Okay. Um, But it has, it's got a bit of a problematic legacy because they wouldn't allow trans women to attend and they kind of held Why? on that <laughs> policy till the bitter end i because i uh, just a classic um transphobic dog whistly stuff like the organizer would be like oh women oh God, actually women like yeah women born women only that was like the the slogan women born women and i remember i was listening to a podcast a music podcast one of the co-hosts is a trans woman she was talking about how Mishfest was the first time she had glommed on to like this idea of turfism, trans exclusionary radical feminism. And because she discovered that it was like a, a festival for all women. And she was like, oh, that's great. I would love to go to that. And then yeah. she found out that it was women with a Y and that the big phrase was women born women. And then she was like, well, yes, not. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of a story that you know, my mom told me, like, uh, since it's, at, it's actually it's an International Women's Day or something today. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. Yeah. She was telling me about, like, how her and her friends, like, were kind of, like, a big part of, like, starting the, the Women's Center, like, in Cambridge. Cambridge, Mass. Mm-hmm. And, like, how, like, that's, like, kind of, like, when that kind of like crossover started that like fucked up like crossover started to happen like where like they had like the women's center in cambridge and like a trans woman came to like seek shelter and they were like no like some people were like no you can't come in because like it's like it's like dangerous to the women who are here and my mom was like wait that's like totally fucked up like that doesn't make any sense at all (laughs) you know and uh but yeah she was telling me about how like in the 60s like it was already like popping up that kind of like fucked up i mean it's always been that way like you know kind of like that feminism not really being like inclusion being exclusionary yeah yeah and yeah i feel like it's so interesting because like in this because there's so many people who are also conflicted about it um yeah with mishfest because there's um because it's like um so, so many people felt like it was one of the only spaces that they felt comfortable like actually going to a music festival and having fun but then yeah. in the same token it's like the transphobia of it all is like oh <laughs> yeah yeah it's fucked up it is but i mean i feel like it makes me feel like I don't know. It feels it feels really nice to see like so many um more women really rising and coming to the forefront now. Yeah. In, especially in bands and and like these incredible musicians like who um these incredible trans women making like this some of the most innovative stuff you've ever heard 
Um, Absolutely. For sure. And yeah, it just, we're, we're living in very scary times. Like I was, I was just uh, reading news about like the whole don't say gay. Like, yeah, I was just going to mention that. That's like so insane. (laughs) I feel like this feels like real, like just dy- like a talk about dystopia. It's like you, you say the word gay and you go to jail. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It's insane. Never going to Texas. <laughs> no. Yeah. Nope. It's weird. Cause it's like, Texas is such a big place. Um, and it's like so different, like all over, you know, like you, I remember like being going to South by Southwest and like, you're going to Southwest, Southwest, which is like a super like fun, like progressive, like music, you know, could be better. But, um, and then comparing it to like the gas stations, like you have to stop at, mm. you know? Yeah. It's like a record scratch. Like when you like show up and go in. Yeah. And it's very interesting too, just like the fact that when you actually go to these places, it's just like a lot of the common, just everyday people there are like, oh no, we fucking hate these people in, uh, who are running the state. <laughs> like, I know. They don't it's similar. It's, yeah. It's similar, like with abortion, you know? Yeah. Um, because like women of the 60s kind of fought for the right to like legal abortions, but it wasn't because like people, like, when abortions were illegal, people were still having abortions. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom like told me this story about like, you know, she had to have an abortion because, you know, the guy she was with was like really fucked or like that she, you know, impregnated her <laughs> was really fucked. She didn't like want to be connected to him in any way. And she wasn't ready to have a child and she was super young. And so the way you like, got an abortion was like you went to some like creepy like upstairs apartment and like you know it was really scary and like oftentimes the doctors like assaulted the women or like botched like the abortion and like it's like it's like not like just because like people ban abortions doesn't mean like they're gonna stop happening yeah you know it's just like things like it just becomes like a more like dangerous thing like doesn't it make sense to like let women have their own control like control over their own bodies and like just kind of like do things like in a safe way instead of like you know instead of like having to go to like these like fucked up people that like don't even have medical license and are probably predators and like you know or like you know she was telling me like women would suffer like infections and like wouldn't know where to go and like they were afraid like somebody would rat you out if like you went to the hospital and were like, Yeah, I had like a backdoor abortion and like you got shit got fucked, you know. Yeah. And I guess um on a bit of a lighter note, to go back to the album, um yeah. you mentioned uh feeling the theme of feeling comfortable in your body again. Um, and I was wondering how, uh, that sort of comes to light in all of these, uh, songs, like how, how it's sort of streamlined on the album. 
Um, I don't know. I was just trying to do a lot of meditation on that kind of like that subject where like, you know, you're alone and you're just trying to like, you're like, this is my body, you know, I'm in it, you know, and just kind of like, kind of like accepting your quirks, you know, accepting that, you know, you don't like look like people in social media or like, you know, and just accepting like you are, who you are. And, uh, yeah, just like, I don't know what I ever like wanted myself to be, but like, <laughs> exactly. Does anyone know? But like, yeah, I'm here now and this is it. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah. And that's all you yeah. can really hope for. This is my skin suit. Yeah. Just be here <laughs> in, in your skin suit and yep. <laughs> And uh, looking out of my eyelids, and uh, this is it. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much for joining me for this lovely chat. Yeah, um, and I hope you come to the New York show. I was just gonna say, I'm definitely um, gonna do <laughs> grab those tickets ASAP. All right, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Izzy, and a big thank you to Cassie Carlson for joining me today. Remember to subscribe to my YouTube channel. My blog is izzyshutup.com. My Instagram page is at a girl's two sound sense, and my Twitter is at misanthropei. Make sure to check out my Patreon. I would be so grateful, and you will also be acknowledged in my YouTube videos as a thank you. Thank you once again for listening, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.